I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerds got no time for no kata. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, and we keep it Wakanda forever. Yeah, on this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, crafts, and shit like that. Today, we're going to do another one of my one-on-one episodes with a cool-ass, um, up-and-coming writer, filmmaker, um, Producer, y'all need to be meeting out there. Be meeting. See how black folks talk, Candace? <laughs> I, I see. <laughs> <laughs> that y'all need to meet. Um, so I wanted to bring her on the show today, and uh, y'all get some game from this girl. Y'all, she's on the rise, so be checking her out. Um, so if you guys are grown, we'll go ahead and jump on into the show. So today we got my girl, as I was just saying, Candace Vernon. Did I say that right? Yes, you did, Candace Vernon. Look at that. Brother got bars like that. Y'all didn't even know that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Um, like I said, writer, producer, director, um, all kind of other hyphenates we gonna get into. She gonna get, educate mm-hmm. y'all. You know, she got her education. She got her education. Hey. Like, hey, hey, y'all didn't know we was in the party <laughs> like that. <laughs> anyway, so welcome to the show, Candace. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So we met um, uh, through good friend, uh, the OG, <laughs> Mark Blutman. Everybody calls him Blutman. Um, yes, definitely call him Blutman. <laughs> exactly. Showrunner, <laughs> producer, director himself from way back. Um, um, and you two are working on a new show right we now. We are working on a show together, yes. Right. Awesome. So let's tell everybody where you're from, how you got into the game, and maybe you could even tell that story later about Mark and what you guys are working on. Today. All right. Well, uh, it's a long story, so I hope you have time. Uh, as you know, mm. I'm from Jamaica, originally from Jamaica, mm. and I came to this country when I was about nine years old. I mainly grew up in Washington, D.C. So from being in D.C., I was an only child, and I had these wild dreams of working in film and TV <laughs> because I used to sit and watch TV with my grandmother, who would not let me touch the remote control. So <laughs> all I used to watch was I Love Lucy, which is my favorite yes, like show of all time, definitely. Perry Mason, what was that Angela Lansbury show? Murder, She Wrote. Uh, yes. So like I watched all these old ass shows with yeah. my grandmother. Just for the ground folks, by the way. For the ground folks. <laughs> Mainly because I couldn't touch the remote control, but mm-hmm. I really fell in love with I Love Lucy because it was a woman, mm-hmm. comedy, and an immigrant on TV. Mm. So that really made me like go, wow, like how are people doing this? Like how do these people, what, what am I watching? How, how does mm-hmm. this even happen? And so I just wrote short stories and then eventually I went to film school. Mm. And after film school, I moved to New York City. New York City. <clears throat> where I thought I was going to be a big-time director right out the gate, right? <laughs> it was like, I've arrived. Everybody's going to hire Candace Vernon. But that didn't happen. So I figured, you know, what was I going to do? I had to make some money. 
I was being a shot girl. I was a waitress. Tell everybody what shot girl. What's a shot girl? Well, a shot girl, you're in a bar or in a club and you're literally walking around with a tray of shots and, you know, making people buy them. Right. <laughs> with, Mainly men. With, with booty shorts on. She knows she got them booty shorts on. Exactly. I mean, I had a little shorts, little whatever, mm-hmm. little cute things. I was like, hey, buy these shots. And when I wasn't doing that, I was in the coat check room. Like, <laughs> check these coats and give me some tips for doing it too. Hilarious. So, yeah, I was like, I don't want a real job. Like I, I'm, I'm talented. I can't be wasting my time in the nine to five. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to work at nighttime, and that didn't work either. <laughs> because now I was up all night till about six a.m. I'd wake up maybe two p.m. Oh god, just in time to go do it again. I was like, I'm wasting. Y'all hear that? Away. She a vampire too. That's all. <laughs> I'll bite necks all night, <laughs> just turning people. <laughs> you know, it was just New York is a city that never sleeps. So yeah. I learned fast that I can't do this if I really, really want to, you know, get into film and TV. Right. So after that, um, I, 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 got, I, I don't know, I got my way into casting. That's what I did. Mm. Yeah. So I was casting, but it wasn't like, you know, big casting. I was like casting extras mm-hmm. and like one liners and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And I actually worked on um, the pilot of Mad Men. Hmm. So like that was really dope to be on set with those guys, to cast some extras for that. But even with that, I kept that job for maybe six months because I was like, well, I'm not on set enough and this isn't what I want to (laughs) do. And I'm tired of looking at headshots and tired of extras recognizing me on the train, you know, and asking me, can they get a job? Like that's seriously what happened. Like extras would come up to me on the train in New York City. I'm like, I'm not working. And I just got so tired (laughs) of that shit. So I quit that. Somehow, I convinced two people to give me $20,000, well, like 10, 10 each, mm-hmm. to make a short film. And I made a short film. And What was that about? It was called Apartment 309. It was really dark about mm-hmm. two sisters that were being sexually abused by their mm-hmm. stepfather, and their mother was on drugs, and some of it was like based on um, my friend's uh, life when I was growing up. Okay. So I did skip a beat, though. So before then, before I made the short film and begged these people for this money, I was like just editing and like following rappers and people around, and just I just had a video camera. I was like, mm-hmm. I, I, I just need to be creative. And one of those videos that I edited in EPK for a friend, she mm-hmm. was on the red carpet and she showed it to Icy and Coco. And they were like, who did that? So she <laughs> gave him my number. So Icy and Coco called me. They were like, can you work for us? I was like, sure, if you're gonna pay me. So <laughs> before I did the, the film, I was like editing these little like booty videos for, for, for Coco. And right. Icy and Coco would be at my house. And Ice was so cool. Like he used to like put me down on game. Mm-hmm. Like this is what you gotta do. And showed me so much love all the time, really. There's a reason why some people have longevity. Yeah. You know, and he's, it's because of that. Genuine. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. I will always, <clears throat> always give my love to Icy and Coco because mm-hmm. they're both really genuine people. Right. I mean, they would sit up in my hot ass house in Harlem <laughs> <laughs> and just talk to me nice. all day. So uh, so when I got the money to do the short film, I called up Ice and was like, can you be in my short film? Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, of course. So, mm. you know, he came through. We shot for two days. And here's the thing. So I think my DP was nervous hmm. because, because every, Ice-T or what? Yeah, everything mm-hmm. that I shot with Ice T was gone. What? Yeah, I didn't have no footage. What? I had no footage. I'm like, we were shooting on a. I don't even remember. It was like a. It was a digital camera, mm-hmm. but it was like we had to shoot on a hard drive. And back back then, the hard drives were like big as right. fuck. And when I went to look at my footage, all I had was like one shot, and I was like. Brent, I was like, where's my footage? Oh my He's God. like, I think the card's corrupt. I'm like, are you sure? Did you press record? <laughs> so I had wow. to go back to IC and was like, I need to reshoot all your scenes. Oh my God. 
and this is how amazing he is. He's like, yeah, no problem. He's like, that happens on you know Law and Order all the time. He's it like, does. that happens all the time. Yep. I was like, oh, thank God. Mm-hmm. Now, better was better this time too. <laughs> it was, it yeah. was, you know. And he was like, I'll let you know when I can shoot it. And I think about a month or two months later, mm-hmm. we reshot the scenes. Okay. And so it was just amazing. Like again, it just that just goes to show you like how good, you know, real genuine people mm-hmm. are. So I got my film done. Didn't really know much about, you know, how to put it out there. But I got into a few film festivals. Okay. Didn't win any. Uh, but that really put um. I put the fire behind me to be like, all right, I'm a filmmaker, like mm-hmm. not just like the shitty films that I did in school. Like now I have like a real film to, to work on. And then I finagled my way into being a talent PA on mm. Law & Order. Okay. So the talent PA, because I didn't want to be picking up heavy stuff. <laughs> like I think the first time I like picked up some heavy water, I was like, well, I, I can't carry this stuff. I mean, I can, but I don't want to. I was like, I want to be on set. I want to be seeing what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so I talked my way into that. I was like um, Estepatha's like uh, talent assistant and was like reading lines with her and like, you know, giving her her coat when it was cold, like, you know, mm-hmm. whatever I could to be mm-hmm. to be close to set. And that was fun. I was, and I had um, DVDs. I burned like so many DVDs in my little film and I was like giving it to everybody. Mm-hmm. Like whoever came, like visiting director, the the, the DP, the mm-hmm. everybody. I'm like, watch my film, watch my film, <laughs> talent, watch my film. And I got really good feedback. They were like, oh, this is your first film. I'm like, yeah, it's my first real film. Mm-hmm. And so they were pretty impressed. Yeah. But I mean, I didn't, <clears throat> get a directing job from that <laughs> you're not always going to but 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 here's a cool thing and i'm like i said i'm being interrupting you a little bit here's a cool thing about that is you never know what there have been so many instances like that in my life and probably have happened to you later <clears throat> where you did a thing somebody saw it and two years later they were like you know what i saw this film a long time ago they might be perfect I can't tell you how many times that happens. Yeah. So it was the it was because you did that little thing that they even saw it at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes they don't always give it to you right when you want it. Was they got to always say don't come when you want them, but it's right on time. It's that Man. same theory. So go ahead. I'm sorry. So yeah, I did this little film and uh, it gave me it got me some respect, you know. Mm-hmm. And and then I was like, oh, I don't want to PA anymore because this is this is keeping me away from directing, and I mm-hmm. don't want to be like. There was like this, I forget his name, but he was a key PA. And I was like, he was so disgruntled. I was like, I don't want to be that guy. Mm. I'm like, I got, I, do I have to wait years to be that guy? Like, nothing wrong against key PAs. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to do it. Because right. I knew what like my path had to be. So after that, I was just like, you know, trying to figure, trying to figure shit out. And working here and there, kind of not, not really. And then I remember I was getting evicted from my apartment <laughs> yeah. in Harlem. Mm-hmm. And so my daddy bought me a one-way, I guess it was an open-ended ticket, a one-way mm-hmm. ticket to Jamaica. Right. So I went home. First month was great. Hmm. Second month was like, okay, things are going all right. Let me see if I could, like, you know, trump up some business here. Mm-hmm. I did end up getting that film licensed. So the film that I did with Ice-T, Apartment 309. Okay. I had some meetings and got it licensed to TVJ. Okay. And I like, did these um, these morning shows with them. Nice. And they were showing the film in Jamaica. So I was like, oh, at least, you know, I'm doing something, right. but still broke. <laughs> and so like, like, here's $50 for that. <laughs> it's a little bit more than $50. Mm, but I'm it generalizing. Like, it felt like $50. Yeah, exactly. I was like, what is this? Licensing fee? I thought I was going to make, you know, at least half the money back from mm-hmm. like, you know, what was spent on it. But no, sir. So uh, I came back to America. I was like, all right, you got to get a real job this time. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't be out here futzing around. So uh, I saw, remember Craigslist? Mm-hmm. 
it's still around. Is it really? I, I think so. Yeah, people post stuff. It's just all online now, right? <laughs> but it, it was all. Well, I never was it a paper. I thought it was always. I don't, online. I don't remember. I think it was on paper at one point, it but was? I, don't, I don't remember. I don't remember that. Yeah. But it was online, <laughs> and I was like, I want a job. So I was googling. Was it Google back then? Maybe it wasn't Google. It was maybe Ash G. Searching. <laughs> I don't know. I was I was search engine and right. something found Craigslist, mm-hmm. um, and there was this like ad for an assistant producer at an advertising agency, mm. and I read through the criteria. I was like, well, I I've made a film. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so I'm I could definitely do something else. Right. And I walk and you in. know how to edit, which is good. Exactly. I'm right. like, I know how to do all these things, and so I really really know production. Mm-hmm. So I went in and met with that that man, and he gave me the job. Hmm. You know, I talked to him about everything. He was like, you probably know more about production than some of my producers here. I was like, yes, I do. I was like, I've done a lot. I've I've been in casting. At that point, mm-hmm. I was a casting assistant. I was a talent PA in Law mm-hmm. & Order. I did my own film and I was editing stuff. So he was like, you have a really, you know, robust, robust background. So I- I'm gonna tell you a quick secret. Sorry, mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you a quick secret. So I interviewed Little Marvin from Them, mm-hmm. right? Um, <clears throat> and we were talking and I had put out a post to um, some of my friends on the Committee of Black Writers at the Writers Guild. Hey, does anybody have any questions for Little Marvin? And four people were like, how in the world did he get to run the show the first time out? And as soon as I did my research on him and found out that he came from uh, advertising, kind of like um, uh, Ava and all that mm-hmm. shit, I went, oh, that's why. So we were talking about it on the thing, and I said... It, didn't, it doesn't bother me at all that you're able to run your show. You're already running your show in there. He was running divisions and you know commercials and all these things. I was like, you're already doing it. You're already in massive conference rooms doing presentations and all that yep. stuff. And I was like, of course you could run your own show. You know, Some things are just called a little something different and whatever, blah, blah, blah. I was like, you're the perfect person. That's why you got that. You know what I don't mean? always think that, though. It, they don't know that other life skills yes. translate to you need to, to know that that's the key and and sorry we just having a conversation so i always say this when i that's why when we sat here earlier and we were just listening i was like oh yeah yeah i could see why she would be doing this or why she's doing that mm-hmm. your job as the filmmaker the writer the producer whatever is to go to a meeting knowing that because i did that i can do this yeah that's when you're strong. That's when you run into any meeting not worried about it because you can handle at least that part or that part or whatever, you know. Anyway, go ahead. That's great advice. So, <clears throat> so yeah, where, where, where was I? Oh, yeah, so the advertising I, I got I got hired. Mm-hmm. And so I was really good. You know, I was really good at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think mainly because I'm Jamaican and I, like, put... <laughs> How many? She got a 13 job. Exactly. Like. <laughs> you know, my daddy always told me, whatever job you're doing, if even if you're cleaning the floor, do it 150%. Right. So... I learned very quickly. Uh, I got promoted very quickly. Mm. Uh, I was traveling all around the world. I mean, I was out in Spain and South Africa and France and Costa Rica and Argentina. So it turned out to be a, I mean, a decent advertising. Yeah. It wasn't just like some little Joe Schmo. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, it, was a, it was a global advertising agency. Mm. I, I did a lot of, 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 I just did a lot of shit mm. and learned so quickly and advanced so quickly. Right. And so I advanced so much that I left that agency and became the head of production at a boutique agency. Mm. So now I was running a department. With all those skills you learned there. Yeah. That's so good. Now I was running a department. I was hiring people. Uh, um, I was still on set, but not on set as much as I wanted to, mm-hmm. like when we started to hire more people. And I was just like, man, this is great. I'm making good money. You know, it's like. I'm making six figures, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like, oh yeah, it's great mm-hmm. single woman in New York City, I'm buying all the shoes and the shit that I want. <laughs> but then I was like, um, 
Candace, this isn't what you wanted to do. So you need to take a step back and figure out how are you going to make the films and direct <clears throat> and just like really use your voice like right. you set out to do. So I quit. After two years of, of being a Y'all hear manager, this? Y'all hear that? You hear, you hear the, the, the cycle she keeps doing? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> the cycle is if I'm not happy with doing something. Okay, all y'all do is don't be fucking around because she'll let you go. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I'm fucking up to you. <laughs> but you know, if you're not happy, you got to figure out why you're not happy and then mm-hmm. make changes. Like people like sit there and suffer forever instead of making a change. Like right. we all make choices, right? right? So I made the choice that I had to leave my comfortability, <clears throat> which I had to like really pray and like really, really, you know, just really think about what I was going to do and know that whatever I was going to do, God was going to order my steps. So I quit that job in New York. I was like, I got to go to LA. Hmm. Cause I was laying in my bed and I was praying. I just heard this voice say, go. I was like, all right, boom, I'm going. Hmm. So I left my apartment in New York. I was still paying for it, but I left my apartment in New York. So usually I asked, we were talking to, usually I ask people how much money did you move to LA with, but you was doing all right. So I don't need to ask you. I was doing okay. You was doing okay. Most of us move here with like 1200 bucks in our pocket. I I moved here with more than that. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Thankfully. But there came a point when when I had nothing. Because, you know, I'll get to that. It'll drain fast, though. Oh, I told you I was living in Santa Monica, right? Right, That's the first place I'm living. Exactly. You're like, oh, I'm going to get a condo. I'm going to be looking at the beach. (laughs) So, so yeah. So, I I hightailed it out of New York. Mm -hmm. And I was like, let me test out L.A. And then um, I called a friend, and I was kind of like bouncing between like her apartment and my ex-boyfriend's apartment. Mm-hmm. I was just like, let me just figure stuff out, and I need like to just meet people. So I think I got a freelance job, a freelance like producing job, mm-hmm. and just to like you know be out here. Right. And then after that, I was like, man, I, I really, I really got to direct. So then I, I started taking writing classes, um, actually. So I took writing classes at UCLA Extension. Good. And who just did you know who you studied under? Who were? Oh my God! Why? I'm gonna put you on the spot. I was just curious if you remembered. That's I, I I I do, but <clears throat> it's why did her name just just it just it just I'll come back to it. Okay, I'll definitely come back to yeah. it. But yeah, I t- I took those classes. Um, I entered into a bunch of contests. I I did like the Sundance uh, Episodic Lab. Mm-hmm. I was like a semifinalist mm-hmm. and then went to the final rounds, but like never got picked. So I was right. shooting stuff. I was shooting like a bunch of scenes, and then I was like, you know what? You came out here to like really direct. You gotta put your money where your mouth is besides for just like, you know, yeah. taking classes. So I spent a good chunk of money on a film that I wrote, directed and produced mm-hmm. called Make America Great with a question mark. It's a feature or a short? It's a short film. Okay. And it was, I shot it <clears throat> in like September, like right before the, the Trump, the, you know, the Trump election. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this guy's gonna win. And if he wins, like what is the worst thing that can happen? Mm. And so like I wrote this film where like the borders were closed, there's a big wall, mm-hmm. and you know, like, black and brown people had no rights anymore, mm. and they were like held up in like little places like a church, and I made it. <laughs> you foreseeing the future and shit, I look at you. <laughs> I got a lot of press on it because people bet. were like, "This is crazy." <clears throat> right. So I, I I did it, and you know, um, I love Quentin Tarantino, despite you know what some people say about him. Like, oh, I, I th- you can't I think, take away his filmmaking. Yeah, exactly. I think know? he's a great writer. I think mm-hmm. he's an amazing director. Mm-hmm. And I love Reservoir Dogs. So mm-hmm. I'm like, what can I do with characters that don't know Contained each other? Contained or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So because of like my love for Reservoir Dogs, I'm like, let me create these characters 
all these people held up in this church. Right. They're just going to be popping out of nowhere. They don't know each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now they're figuring out a plan how they can work together for one goal. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. Okay. And I was like, all right, here it is again. Now I'm in L.A. I'm like, now I know a lot more. Right. I thought I was going to be a big director in New York. But I'm like, <laughs> it's definitely going to happen in L.A. So I'm mm-hmm. going to come out with a bang. <clears throat> so I did these elaborate screenings. <laughs> for my film, like mm-hmm. red carpet, like renting out theaters, and I was spending, I was spending um, so much time up at night trying to reach press, mm-hmm. and I didn't know anybody. So I was like, let me let me read the Hollywood Reporter, let me read like you know all the all the trades and see who's writing these, mm-hmm. and let me guess their email addresses. Like, is it first name dot last name <laughs> at thr? Right. Is, you know, like whatever. And I was up like just emailing everybody, and when I didn't get a bounce back, I was like, boom, I reached them. Mm-hmm. And so I reached this one reporter. That's some hustle, by the way. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Go ahead. I mean, I'm not. I'm, Listen, also, y'all, get that game. I also have a uh, assistant slash mm-hmm. manager, Samantha Cunningham, mm-hmm. who is uh, British. British. Right. I don't have a really great British accent. All right. But I created <laughs> an email mm-hmm. for her mm-hmm. as me. Because, you know, people, they don't want to talk to the talent. They want to mm-hmm. talk to somebody yeah. else. And so every you could stay creative and let them do yeah, the business. So every yeah. time, you know, I was Samantha Cunningham, mm-hmm. just emailing the press and people, right. and I had like put out a trailer that had like almost two hundred thousand views within mm-hmm. like days for the uh, for the film. Nice. And <laughs> I got a reporter to come out from the Hollywood Reporter to come nice. to one of my screenings, hmm. and she watched it, and she actually called me last minute. She was like, "I don't know if I'm gonna make it, but I'll let you know." And then she was like, "Do you still have a seat? And can my boyfriend come?" Mm-hmm. I was like, "Of course." <laughs> <laughs> so. They came to the screening. It was at Culver um, Culver Studios mm-hmm. at the uh, I forget the name of the theater. I've been there. I know what you're talking about over mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like I held it over there in L.A. and she came and she watched it and she was like, I love it. Mm-hmm. And she asked me like all these questions like you know at the screening. She was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to write an article about your short film nice. in the Hollywood Reporter. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my god, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. So that happened and. She I got 900 like, calls for one to come, but that's all you need is one. <laughs> that, that's all I needed. Yeah. You know, I had some like bloggers come that never really did anything, yeah. but you know, then other um, publications like you know picked up that article, right. so it was nice. So I had a little bit of press, but mm-hmm. I still didn't know what to do with that. Well, it's called my film is now critically acclaimed. That's what you can use. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna use that today. Mm-hmm. I still have that article on on my website, <laughs> mm-hmm. but that film has opened up so many doors for me, okay. especially here in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, like today, I primarily direct commercials, okay. which is great. But like that, that opened up the door to to meet with production companies uh, to say, "Hey, I'm a filmmaker. You know, I have like other films and other things that I've done, but right. like this one, it's like." The Hollywood Reporter loved it, right? Mm-hmm. And like it, it, it has like two hundred thousand whatever views on YouTube. Right. I did some festivals as well, and I got my first big directing job in two thousand eighteen. Okay, and that was like a big celebrity piece uh, for CAA with Stevie Wonder. I mean, I got a chance to direct Meryl Streep, y'all. What? Meryl Streep. I had pictures with her. Uh, Paul McCartney. Tell her to call me, by the way. She owed me another call. That's all Ooh, I'm saying. I'll tell Meryl. <laughs> That's my cousin. She held my hand for like 20 minutes, y'all. And was like, what else are you doing? I was like, I want to direct film. She's like, well, you will. I was like, I'm going to work with you again one day. She's like, you it, will. I love it. She was really sweet. She also taught me a really important lesson. Tell her. Uh, I was, because I was shooting her and uh, Paul McCartney in mm-hmm. New York and Bruce Springsteen. When I was shooting with, uh, with Meryl, she looked Y'all around. hear her just name them, just drop them names like they ain't nobody. Go ahead, though. I, I was they, pinching myself. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I can't <clears throat> believe it. Mm-hmm. And she looked around the set, and I was the only woman. Oh. 
really? was the only one except for the makeup girl and okay. she was like where are all the other women i mm. was like uh you know and she's like you have to be like intentional like with your crew she's yes. like even she's like you know i was like i was just so happy to get this opportunity right. like i didn't ask anything i mm -hmm. was just like i'm just gonna show up on set and direct right so ever since then it's like i'm really really vocal about Good. who my dp is um you know who's who's on who's on the crew mm -hmm. i i always want to know and i always want like you know i want to have women as keys mm. and so like meryl streep taught me that that's good which is insane i was so embarrassed when i looked around mm -hmm. and only saw me and the makeup girl like way in the back <laughs> but yeah it was it was an important lesson to yes. learn for sure especially as a black woman so like i'm like i think it's important. all about it <clears throat> you know i don't know how much you know about me i'm i'm the the co-chair of the committee of black writers at the writers guild and and also the education committee so we've been like doing this thing where we're always trying to get visibility Mm -hmm. So in order to do that, so if there's an event going on, I'll sit there quietly and just listen. And they'll be like, oh, we're going to have this person, this person, this person on the event. And I'm sitting there quiet. I'm like, mm-hmm. And I'm like, just wait till y'all come to me. Y'all going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be like, uh-uh, this is cute. Love this. Love all these people. But we either need to take somebody out or bring somebody in because we need somebody who looks like me on there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and so myself and my, my other co-chairs and, and we spread it on other committees. If you look at almost any panel, there's almost never just all white people anymore. Almost never. You know, just yeah. in the last three, four years, like it just switched, you know. But we have to do that. Yeah, exactly. You know, no one else is going to do it. <clears throat> right, right. We got to stand so, up and say it. How did you, how did the commercials come to you? Like, did you go to another ad agency? Like, what happened with that? Uh, I just started I just started peddling my work, my Make mm -hmm. America Great film. I was like, hey, y'all, look what I'm doing. Like, mm -hmm. just emailing, like, people that I knew. Right. And, and um, coming from the advertising, you knew some people? Yeah. I mean, I didn't know anybody really here, but I mm -hmm. was, like, you know, emailing, like, people that I knew back in New York, like, right. hey, like, can you introduce me to people here in L.A.? Okay. And um, that production company that I, I took, I took meetings with a few production companies, but that first production company that hired me for that, uh, that piece I was telling you about was Bullet, which was owned by the Russo brothers. Right. So, I was able Who to. Who I worked with. Mm-hmm. I only met one of them. I forget which one, because they had all the directors um, at the Disney lot to mm -hmm. watch like the first. Only one Avengers. of them usually shows up to everything. So yeah, yeah. Joe, Joe, I think it was so. probably Joe. Mm -hmm. I got a picture with him. I got a little wig on in that one. But um, <laughs> <laughs> trying to change her look up. Don't want nobody oh, to know. I always look. Well, I've been doing this pink hair for a long time okay. now, for at least the past year and a half. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna keep it pink and short. <clears throat> I like it. I like it. I do too. Thank you. Thank you very much. But uh, yeah, so I worked with Bullet and then I was like, um, then as a commercial director, you get signed to a production company. Okay. It, they're like your agent, you know, and they go out and they find work for you. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's how it works in the commercial world. Um, and so like I got signed to Bullet um, after like doing this this piece. Do they get a percentage of it too as, as that or do you Oh, know? I mean, oh yeah. I mean, they're managing the budget. They okay. get their production right. markup and all that stuff mm -hmm. and I get my director's fee. Yeah. And so... I uh, did that. That was all I did with them. And I sat there for almost a year hmm. on their roster hmm. with no other work. So you did that one job? I did that one job. Okay. And I thought, I thought I was like, oh, my God, there's like 50 celebrities in here. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. You know, it's very important. And then... Crickets. And it was crickets. Mm. It was like, I was like, oh my God, how am I going to survive? I right. can't survive off of this 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 one job I did, mm -hmm. you know, eight months ago. Mm -mm. And things got rough again. And I was like, damn. And at that point, 
because I did have a nice chunk of money. Remember, I said when I mm-hmm. moved from New York, and I was like, man, I spent like all this money on this film, which <laughs> opened up some doors, which right. is what I wanted. And you know, I did this one job, but that one job's not gonna feed me for a year. Mm. And I was like, oh, let me start dipping into my 401k. <laughs> At least it was well, I, it was an IRA at this point. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't, I can't keep on doing this. So you gotta figure something else out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it was. Maybe it was a prayer that I actually I think I think it was because things had gotten so bad and I was like gaining weight and I was depressed hmm. and I was living I had left Santa Monica because I was like I'm spending too much money in Santa mm-hmm. Monica and I moved in with a with an ex-boyfriend. We're all actually right. friends now. But with an ex-boyfriend. Sometimes you got to pivot. I talk about it all the time on the show. Sometimes go ahead. I'm sorry. It, it I'm was, loving this. This it, is great. It was it was a pivot. I was like, "Damn, I'm downgrading going from Santa Monica to Hollywood, <laughs> but it's okay. I'm going to save some money." Right. And you know, and I'm with the person I love. Mm-hmm. And then it, it, things just wasn't working with us. Mm-hmm. It like things got really bad yeah. and 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 then he was putting me out of the apartment, and I was like, oh my God, where am I gonna go? I have no idea where I'm gonna go. I, I, I stopped paying for my apartment in Brooklyn like after a year, I was like, I can't afford to pay for a place in Santa Monica and Brooklyn. I was like, you crazy? I was like, I'm not going back to New York, so dead that. And uh, yeah, he put me out. And I called up some friends, and I was staying in a friend's guest room for I think maybe a week, and I was like, Praying, 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 like down on my knees, praying, praying, mm. praying, 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 and I, I know was that like, feeling, girl. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, because I was like, what, I, I didn't know where, what else I was gonna do. I was like, do I go home to DC to my parents? You know, I was like, nah, but I'm not the type of person I don't, I don't quit. Right. So on my knees, praying, like challenge God. I was like, if you are my God, if I believe in you like I do, you are going to get me a place that I can afford. Mm. You know, within like days. Mm-hmm. And things are gonna turn around, and you trying I, to get a brother teary eyed and shit. I love it. <laughs> Go ahead now. I'm serious. Mm-hmm. I love it. Love and, and my friend, whose whose guest room I stayed in, can attest to that. Mm-hmm. You know, she even said to me, she was like, "You made me believe." Mm-hmm. Like after that week of of me staying with her, mm-hmm. and when I tell you, I got a phone call the very next day mm-hmm. after I was like yelling at God on my knees, like yelling <laughs> and screaming and like passionate. <laughs> <laughs> a friend called me. She was like, oh, I'm looking for someone to sublet my studio. And then she mm. told me the price. I was like, okay. I was like, well, I got that. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, I, 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 I really only had that for that month. But I was like, I'll figure it out. But let right. me get in there. And I got in there. Smallest place I've ever lived in my life. Like, mm. it was smaller than smaller New York. Smaller than New York. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, I had to suck mm-hmm. up my pride. I was like, Candace, you came out here to do something, so... If this is what it takes, yep. you're gonna do it. Yep. And it wasn't like I wasn't doing like you know I I, I saw that the little glimpses of things that were to come, mm. and I was like, all right, I'm trusting in God. Like I just screamed at God, so and mm. He just gave me you know what I asked for. So guys, <laughs> let me sprinkle something over exactly. there. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so let me let me just let me just follow those. Steps. I was gonna give you three weeks, but I'm gonna go ahead and just do it right now. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> he be messing with you, Jack. He be messing with you. Exactly. <laughs> but you gotta believe and trust, mm-hmm. like. Seriously, so I did, and after like maybe after like a couple of weeks mm-hmm. of moving in there, I got a call from like somebody I didn't know in New York that was like, oh, like BuzzFeed needs like you know this and that, like a creative producer, and I was like, oh, okay, and then I went and interviewed with the woman, never even sent in a resume, hmm. I just met her in person, mm-hmm. and we just like hit it off, and so that turned into me 
being like a creative director there mm. and then also directing stuff. And I was like directing like these interactive videos mm -hmm. and just had I had a, a lovely contract with them. And nice. then like the pandemic had hit and I was like when a lot of people wasn't working in the film industry mm -hmm. or in TV, like I was doing like these fun videos with, with BuzzFeed. Oh, still? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you and sit and shoot on the green screen or something or in the house or whatever you were? Or what you no, like sometimes I was on set, mm -hmm. you know, still shooting like on their stages. Okay. Uh, I did a lot of like remote stuff. Mm -hmm. I hated that remote shit. Uh. When you got to send talent equipment and mm -hmm. then you got to like Hate it. teach them how to light and yeah. walk through stuff. I mean, we had a team doing that, but it was just so tedious. Uh, but I was thankful. I was thankful that I was still right. making, you know, money and mm -hmm. working. And I was also able to not only work with them, like if I had to go do something else or if I booked a commercial, I could still go shoot it. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, she like she was running the department and she was just, she really believed in me and she was like, you know what, like, I just want you to be who you're gonna be. See, I sense that it's like a running thing for you with the Dice Tea and Coco, it's like the same thing. People seem to want to help you. Mm -hmm. But here's a lesson that I found. I was just meeting with a younger writer the other day, and he was like, you know, how come this, and how come that, and blah, blah, blah. I said, I'm gonna tell you the type of person I wanna help. Here's the person I wanna help. So I did these things, right? I went out and I got a job doing this thing. I reached out to this producer doing this thing. I wanna see them doing the thing. I don't want them to go, well, how do I read a script? I know. Well, how do I, oh, hell no. Yeah, I'm the wrong person to come at like that. With the internet? No. I, I don't understand. No. People, people like DM me all the time, mm. you know, because I've been, I've, at, at this point now, it's like, I directed Regina King right. in a Vaseline commercial. You know, I've worked with Sterling K. Brown. Mm. I've, I've worked with some really like heavyweight actors mm. um, as a director. And I'm also very fun on Instagram. But like people send me like DMs and they're like, you know, can you be my mentor? Like, how do I do this? How do I do that? <laughs> and I just like, for the life of me, I'm like, and these are young people, right. younger than me. I'm like, just do it. I'm like, my big advice is okay, always look. that if you're not doing, boom, your camera, bitch. <laughs> yeah, if you're not, it, like, if you're not doing it, you don't want it. Right. You know, like, I can't sit here and tell you how to do something. Like, even if I have a conversation with you, you yep. still have to get up and move your feet, move your hands, yep. and 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 do the thing that you want to do. Just keep on doing it. You're gonna keep on getting better. You know what? Some of this is gonna suck, and you're not gonna, you're not gonna be successful at everything, but. The way how to be successful is because you have a lot of failures and, and you people, learn from that. And and what I was trying to say is people want to help somebody who's doing. They yeah. want to. I'm excited. Like I said, just sitting there talking to you made me go, I want to get her on the mic. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I see why Ice T and you know all these other people are willing to help you and the and the BuzzFeeds are like, girl, you're the next thing. Like we want the next thing. We want to help the person who's gonna be the next whatever. So I I see it. So finish finish your thought. So you got the BuzzFeed. Yeah, and in between that, I was still like directing commercials whenever I booked it. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, it came to a point where the contract was up and they were like, well, do you want a full-time job? And I was just like, no, because it, it's, it's, again, like I don't want to go back to where I was in New York where I'm right. like, I have the security of, of money. Like it Happens seems, all the time. Yeah, it yeah. seems scary. And even when I left New York, people thought I was crazy. I was like, you're leaving? Mm -hmm. You're leaving the job? I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> it's like, this ain't what I want to do. Right, like, right. I got to go, you know, follow follow my heart. And um, I left that. And I've just, like, after that, like, again, I just started, like, booking more jobs and directing. I just finished shooting the, um, the holiday campaign for NBA 2K, oh, which is awesome. I'm actually the first woman to direct uh, 
anything for really? NBA 2K. So wow. it's 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 really nice to uh, to to have that mm-hmm. going. Um, and I love that production company. Mm-hmm. They're amazing. It's uh, Chromista. It's Darren Aronofsky's company. Oh, Darren. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. nice. So it's it's, it's you, be, you need to be hollering. Look, we got this show about those boxes that you need to be talking to us about. <laughs> well, I, the funny thing is that today I was like, um, I was telling one of the EPs, I was like, yeah. Disney passed, Disney Plus passed on the show. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, did you send it to Sandy and Scott? Scott is Darren's um, uh, producer. I was like, no, I, th- I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. So, Blutman, I would be sending this to them, <laughs> so we got to talk. I got to call you after this. And But here's here's the thing that's happening today. <clears throat> Blutman and I talk, Mark Blutman, to all those who forget who I was talking about. We talk about this all the time. There's Things have switched in the last four years, I'd say, where all of a sudden it used to be Blutman could just walk in and pitch, mm-hmm. or I could walk in and pitch. Now it's, uh, so you got this cool idea, great. Uh, send me the log line, great. Send me the deck, great. Can you pitch that to us on Zoom? It'll just be me and another younger assistant, yeah. or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then if we like it, we'll pitch it over. Can you send me the, it's like, completely different now. That's what he was telling me. You know, it really is. And he's like, why do we have to go through all these things and blah, blah, blah. It used to be that I could walk in with like an idea off my head and no, boom. he hasn't had me. He's yeah. been a sharp, he's it's been in this business crazy. for 30 years. It's crazy. I, I think it's insane. Yeah. And, and so anyway, things are totally different now. <clears throat> Whereas, like here you are with Blutman and you guys still got to send in a deck for them to look at it. Mm-hmm. You got a showrunner on your fucking hands. You know I what I mean? Who could run the show? You know, it's just crazy to me how... Hollywood thinks, you know, they're so literal about about the thing that we always make this joke on on the black community. We always say this in Hollywood, white folks, mostly white men, we're usually talking about Mm -hmm. over 50 in the most part in general. They get opportunities based on potential. We get opportunities based on what we've actually done. Yeah. What our actual resume says you know what I mean? And it, and it doesn't matter that we might have done it on a smaller scale. Like you might have done it in a commercial and shot in fucking Milan. They don't care. It wasn't a TV show. Exactly. You might have shot the exact similar thing, you know, a, a car chase. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you might have already did it. But like, well, she didn't do it. In the you know, they're so stuck in this whole world of it's different. It's the same thing. Only difference. More people. More money. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Same shit. Same shit. And maybe the language is a little different. Like Maybe a little. I mean, I woke up today, was like, I was like, oh, it's kind of sad, you know, Disney passed. And then I was up for my first feature mm-hmm. with Sony. It was a Sony studio film. I don't even know how they found me because I don't have an agent. I don't mm. have a, 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 a writing talk. or, or film talk. agent. And one of the producers found me and she started following me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then she hit up a, a friend of mine and was like, oh, do you know Candace? And then she gave her my number. Then she texted me. Then we called. Mm-hmm. I did a couple of uh, pitches with them. But I got the the text today. It was like, well, you know, um, basically, you know, like you're not mm-hmm. moving forward to talk to, to pitch to Sony. Yeah, we're going to Sony. look in another direction or whatever. Well, they said <laughs> they're just going to focus on um, <clears throat> some of the directors that had more narrative work. I was like, you know, you knew I was a commercial director. Mm-hmm. You know, I have some short films, which is great. And I was just happy to be like in that mix anyway. I was right. like, I'm happy to, you know, to be here. Mm-hmm up for a feature, a studio feature that's already right. like funded, you know, has distribution and all that stuff. But I learned a lot from that experience. 
that I'm going to take with me to the next. And she's so lovely. And she's like, please keep in touch. You know, she's like, I'm rooting for you. Mm-hmm. I feel like people are always rooting for me. But it, And it's because you give them something. You know, you have something. Mm-hmm. And like I said, everybody wants to be involved in the thing that is next. So why yeah. wouldn't you help that? You know what I mean? And, and I mean, I do it all day long. I have probably like fucking 12 mentees that I work with. I'm always trying to encourage, but they are all like little beasts. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just about to spurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm, I'm dying for one of them to blow up, you know? Um, like I always tell the story about, about Lena Waithe. You know, I, in my, my previous office like 10 years ago before she ever, you know, blew up, um, <clears throat> was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I might move back to Chicago, like, and and in the midst of us talking, she was like, "But I got a feeling," and I was like, "You ain't the type of person who's just gonna give up, though." Like you, <laughs> you know what I mean? But she was confident and strong even back then, mm-hmm. so you knew she was gonna make it. Mm-hmm. You know, you just knew she was gonna make it. And three months later, the shit turned around for her. Wow, you know what yeah. I mean? Wasn't surprised. You know, and and just like me and a whole bunch of other people, everybody wanted to help her because she had that thing, you know, and she surpassed all of us, (laughs) all of us, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's what you want to see. I know. She's, yeah, she's killing it. Mm -hmm. Writing, show running, producing, acting. Killing it. Voiceovers. Seven or eight shows on the air. I mean, it's like ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So anyway, we love her. So all shout out to her. Um, Hey, Lena. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, that was just emailing with her the other day. We we're talking about something. Um, oh, we we're talking about them, uh, Kevin, the TV show on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen it. You haven't, girl. I don't know if it's your thing. It's my thing. I love dark, twisted shit. You know. I so do too. It's, I mean, I just there. watch Squid Games and in, okay. in, in one day. You just 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 I binged it. I was in North Carolina. Uh, remember when we were emailing? I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm out of town. Right. And yeah, I was. I I, I skipped down North <laughs> Carolina to, to visit a friend real quick. Mm-hmm. And we just sat in the house and watched Squid Games from like <laughs> 11 a.m. to like 6 p.m. Okay. And it was crazy. I'm, I'm halfway through episode one. I had to stop because I was in the middle of like some Episode one stuff. is okay. Once you get past episode, once you hit episode one, then go to two. Mm-hmm. Like after two, there's like, that's the point of no return. Episode okay. two for me. Okay. Like if you like that type of stuff. Oh, love it. And like it reminded me of Battle Royale. It was one oh, yeah. of my favorite Japanese yeah. films like a long time ago. And I was like, wow, this is like a... Well, you would love my show that I was on, Deadly Class, then. It's got the whole battle royale. Actually, we have a big battle royale thing at the the end. That's good. I'm going to have to watch it, too, then. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't don't say nothing from Mm -hmm. me now. Mm -hmm. You still love me, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So let's talk about your writing a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, when when you tell people what type of writer you are, like the type of things you like to write, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I always, here's an example. I always tell people, you know, growing up where I grew up in in, in the Bay Area, you know, um, it was like the one of the worst, you know, neighborhoods in the world to grow up in, et cetera, et cetera. And I was a young little punk rock kid, you know, which wasn't cool. And if you ever saw the movie Dangerous Minds, that mm-hmm. was a school in my neighborhood. Oh, So yeah. literally before I got to high school, which is, that was a high school, um, that would have been my school. So I went to the middle school version of that. So all of us who went to there went to there. <laughs> you know, so I was at the middle school version. They That's closed crazy. that shit down because like, y'all killing each other. <laughs> y'all just doing too much, you know. And so you can imagine myself growing up in that neighborhood, riding around on 60s scooters and vintage suits and weird haircuts. And, <laughs> you know, I was one of the first Afro punks in the neighborhood, you know, whatever. And so everybody called me the Black Pee Wee Herman. So I was always the, <laughs> I was always the outsider kid in my neighborhood who was the underdog. So to this day, I write underdog stories in the murder, death, kill world, mm-hmm. you know. 
biopics, whatever, you always see that underdog theme in there somewhere, you know what I mean? And so that's why I always say, like, do you know who you are? You know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's similar in a way because, you know, here I was this immigrant that came from Jamaica and I, I, I made friends, but it, was, it wasn't it was as easy at first. So right. I feel like I always still feel like that immigrant that is that is like the outsider, you know, mm-hmm. in, in a way. So that's like what I write, too. Like I, I started out writing these uh, these dramas. Mm hmm really with these characters that like like I said these two girls that were like trying to get out of this uh out of this like abusive um you know home that they were in and then I started turning those like stories of of these dramatic events that would happen you know to to mainly young girls Mm -hmm. um into a little bit more of comedy so for me it's like I, I I try to create this world that's almost um it's it's almost an underdog but in a way it's like it's 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 these women trying or these characters like trying to just trying to be who they are mm-hmm. you know and just like trying to use their voice like it, it's really all comes from me and my journey and everything that i've always done mm-hmm. and it's like you've i've always felt that the world was always against me in a way and how do i turn that you know into something positive into something that is relatable into something that is also now funny so like i like to write these like dark comedies Mm -hmm. or these comedies with with these dramatic situations because i feel like the life that we live and definitely the life that i've lived so many ups and downs Mm -hmm. i've had all of these some bad things some dramatic things happen to me but there's always the light in them and the comedy aspects of it is like what like keeps me going you know, I can sit and laugh at something that happened to me. Like, even like when my boyfriend kicked me out of the house, I was <laughs> I was sitting with my friend laughing about it that that same night hmm. because I mean she said some things maybe about him that you know and we <laughs> he ain't no good he ain't no good <laughs> we, we started going in and you know how you know even though it was like this dire situation like how basically you know he saved me and all these yeah. things so. Yeah. So yeah, I, I like to try to take like my real life and the things that I see around me and like really write about that. Let me tell you something. You're a writer. That's what we do. So when people are like, I don't have any stories or whatever, I'm like, you ain't listening. You know, you're not paying attention to the stuff that's going yeah. on out there because there's some shit going. It don't have to be directly you. You know, exactly. it could be your friend, your homeboy, your homegirl. Mm-hmm. It could be all kind of things going on. Everybody has an interesting story. Here's the problem. Most people don't know how to make it into a movie or a TV show. They were like, always, I can't tell you how many scripts I read. I probably do seven to ten of them a week, right? And how many different stories are based on something real that are very flat? (laughs) Because they're like, but that's what really happened. And I'm like, (laughs) no, 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 no. You are making a movie or a TV show now. Everything has to be heightened. Yep. Everything has to be because this happened, that happened. And there needs to be stakes. It has to be all of these things, you know, and has to have rise and fall. And you have to have a moment where sometimes they end on a nice beat. It doesn't all have to be down fucking hill. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so <clears throat> um, when, when I'm talking about these things to, to, to writers, and I've gotten out of the habit of saying younger writers because there's lots of writers who are, I'll just say my age, who haven't made it yet. You know, who are still out there trying to get there, whatever. And and this still is like an ongoing theme I've found. And it's mainly because most writers are still hiding something. They don't want you to know that their mother was abusive. They don't want mm-hmm. you to know that they were an alcoholic. They don't want you to know that whatever. Like, as soon as you can get to a room and talk about it, that's when you start soaring. Yeah. That's when people start leaning in. What did she say? 
oh, that's fascinating. <laughs> you know what I mean? But when you're avoiding it, they feel you avoiding it. Yeah, I, I, I used to be that way. Even like when I, when I met with Mark mm-hmm. Butman, you know, um, he was looking for, for a Caribbean writer, really a specifically a Jamaican writer right. to co-write on the pilot that we're working on together. And, you know, he met me, we met at the Grove, we sat there for a couple of hours and mm-hmm. just like shooting the shit, talking, and just, <clears throat> I, I mean, I was just so enthralled in, in the idea of the show and the story, because here it is, a young female Jamaican character. Right you know, that has agency, that's strong, that, that reminded me of myself. And so he was like, shit, I feel like I'm sitting here with her right now. Mm. And Like you or her. Yeah, right, exactly. Okay. Right. And it's like, you know, I had been mainly directing. I didn't have like a strong writing portfolio. Mm-hmm. And it's like I had to get past like, you know, his partners and everything. And he's like, you know, we, we know stronger writers. But he's like, but now he's like, I know it's you. It has to be you. Mm. And he's like, I, I need you to give me just give me some stories. And like tell me why you know like why you know you are Mickey. Oh, I didn't mean to say her name, but uh, <laughs> it's okay. nobody's gonna know. But they have, uh, who hasn't read it? They're not gonna know anything. So yeah. yeah, so it's like I had to like really dig deep, and he was like, you just just like don't try to sugarcoat anything. Like really dig deep into who you are and your mm-hmm. upbringing and everything that happened. And I just had to lay it all out there. It's it, funny. it was it was very hard. It's mm-hmm. like I cried a little bit even writing it. That's good. You know. That's good because that's the key is I always tell writers all the time I have so many of my friends who are like writing films and they want to do TV but they're like very secretive people or whatever you know one of them doesn't want you to know that they're gay or whatever mm-hmm. but I'm like you ain't gonna make it in a TV show <laughs> and they're like why would you say that you know that's really rude of you and I'm like here's what I'm here's what I'm trying to make you understand the room has to become a safe place right where we all learn to trust each other where I tell you my most intimate secrets that it might not make it to the screen, but telling the story inspired us to mm-hmm. talking about something in the thing, right? You have to be that comfortable with yourself. I said, you need to start opening yourself up. This is somebody I was talking to just yesterday. I was like, you need to be opening <laughs> yourself up. I know you don't want everybody to know you're this way because you're an actor and you're, you know, mm-hmm. queer, but God damn it, it's 2021. I don't know, I don't know who, who, who does that anymore. But when you grow up that way and you just moved here three years ago and you still live with that small town mindset, you still think it's not okay. So what you do is you start having all these bad habits of how come I can't have a a long-term relationship with a a boyfriend or this is because you ain't being honest. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What do you mean how come you can't? Think about it for a second. You've already answered your question. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not going to give back what you don't give to it. You know? Talk about it. Okay, and God said, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let me start preaching it. I got bars like that. <laughs> um, anyway, so to say that, so I'm glad. So you got with Mark, you ended mm-hmm. up telling your truth, yep. and it came out on the page. Yep. And then he was like, okay, this and is they, the, bi- they this the like, bitch. They were like, it's her. God. It's her. So we've been Don't. rocking for, oh my God, I feel like two years. Or damn, so it's, damn Rona. Yeah, maybe. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, I love him. Like, I, I, I really do. Let me tell you, I've known Mark for a little while. And every, of all the projects he has, this is the one he seems the most passionate yeah, about. Yeah, he is so passionate about he it. He is so I, he's passionate like, I, he's about like, this. He's like, we, we, we got we to gotta get this done. Right. So, like, we're restructuring, and um, that's why I got to call him mm-hmm. later and figure out, like, what's going to be our next steps. Okay. Okay. So we can attack it and, and get this show on the air because it's really important. It's important to me because mm-hmm. I've never seen a character like this on TV and right. I know like all of my stories that I'm going to infuse into her and 
it's really going to connect with a lot of young women and not even just right. young women. I just feel like people that don't have that voice, they've never seen themselves on TV before. And right. there's definitely never been like a young female Jamaican character like this on TV. Right. And I want this to be very authentic. And so this Mark, which is why we like even, so I even like really connect with him because he had such a passion to tell this authentic Jamaican story. And I was mm-hmm. like, I've never met a white man that wanted to tell an authentic Jamaican story. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and he treats me like an equal, like a partner. And I love that. See, that's what happens when you find a pro. Mm-hmm. You know, who isn't just some shark out to find, you know, a young black writer who can write with them because they know they're the white guy and they're not going to be able to get in there. No, there's there's more to it than that. Yeah. This is a passion. It's deeper than that. And I've told Mark straight up, I think before he even decided to find another writer, I'm like, dude, for me, you can make two decisions. You could find another writer. And I, I think you need a women's perspective, especially as an older Man, I'm not even going to say a white man. As an older guy, it's probably your duty to at least do that. Yeah. You know. Um, now he is somebody for years, as you know, has been writing. You know, uh, uh, young adults and teens yeah. and all that. We know he can do that. Yeah. We know he can do that. Um, but in this climate, there's more expectations for nuance. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So for that reason alone, which is why I appreciate Mark, because he's his ego isn't in a way that way. Not you know, well, you don't know who I've been doing. I've been writing blah, 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 one Emmys, for God's sake. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> what are you talking about? I need to do whatever, right? No, he's responsible and he, and he listens and he sees what's going on in the climate and he goes, okay, how can I pivot, right, and blend in? And give somebody else an opportunity. Yeah, and he's given so many other people opportunities Dude. too. Like he mentors, he's like, <clears throat> I, he's, he's just such an awesome person. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how he finds the time, you know, to do all that. I mean, I don't know how to do it either. But <laughs> you just do. With things yeah. you care about, you do. Like I said, and you meet people who are doing the work you want to help them. You know, you mm-hmm. want to at least guide. You want to at least steer. You want to you want people to avoid the pitfalls you had before. Yep. You know, and that's really the key for me is how can I, you know, uh, uh, steer you in a way so that you're thinking differently. You know, so when you go into meetings, you don't just go into meeting and be like, well, I had a meeting and they didn't say anything. No, walk out the meeting going, I know this is what happened. I know because I pitched this thing. They were like, oh, come back and do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So but those are things you learn. You know, I, I didn't learn until about like five or six years ago that once I started telling my truth, that's when I started landing a bunch of jobs. Mm-hmm. As soon as I started laying it out. You know, and just telling them my truth about, I didn't want people to know I grew up in the hood. I want people to know that I was in this weird, strange punk rock scene and whatever and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I didn't want people to know, but I, I just so happened to sit down with a guy who said, oh, yeah, I used to be this little punk rock dude back in the day. And I went, what? Well, <laughs> here's something you may not know about me. What if I tell you I used to be a skinhead? And he was like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? And we had this fucking amazing conversation. Yeah. And I got the job. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, I need to lean in on these things. I need to not be afraid to... Yeah, you gotta... It was a lesson. You gotta be fearless. It was a lesson. You know know what I mean? So, for sure. For sure. So, what's next for you? Let's see. Well, we're going to restructure the show. Mm -hmm. We're going to keep on pitching that. Um, I do believe in my heart that we're going to sell it. Mark has a lot of good luck. Stick with Mark. You gonna you gonna sell it? You gonna sell it? Gonna sell it. <laughs> I, I think I think we will. Like for mm-hmm. me, I just I just know it. Like I, I saw it. I mm-hmm. saw it happening. I saw it sitting on set. I saw us making it. So like I and whenever I see things, right. it happens. I, I don't it. know when it's gonna happen, mm-hmm. but it's happening for sure. 
Um, I'm up for a few commercial jobs. Okay. I am. Keep shooting. I mean, that's that's a cool thing. You get to be paid and you get to shoot. Exactly. Let me ask you a quick question. I, I mean, to jump just really quick about mm-hmm. directing commercials. Now, I don't know if you, I'm, a, I'm actually a former actor. I've probably done like 12 national commercials oh, in my yeah. life. It, it's been years ago. Um, back when I was young, you know. Um, brother 51. Yeah, still, still like, looking young. You know, I'm, I'm, I had some necks last night. And so, <laughs> <laughs> got that blood, all that V. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so let me ask you a question. So coming from the ad agencies, mm-hmm. now I remember shooting commercials back in the day when I was an actor not paying attention like a director's like I know now. Watching and you know they got the storyboard. Sometimes they have them up on the wall, like where they could see it, and they're trying mm-hmm. to figure out to make sure. And and you you know the ad agency is there, and they're all discussing and talking about whatever. Mm-hmm. It almost seems like sometimes they're literally taking. I always wonder. It's just a question. I always wonder how much of that is is that the director's shot list, or how much of that is the ad agency? When here are the shots we want for this commercial, and you just go out and shoot it, cast it, whatever, and you do your version oh, of that. Um, I mean, well, I've never shot anybody else's shot list. Okay. Um, I get a script or like their agency board. I haven't even gotten a storyboard from agency in a really long time. Okay. So I normally get their script, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes I may change it a little bit, uh, unless it's like, they're like, we have to shoot this, and mm-hmm. the shot list and the storyboard is all mine. Like I work with my storyboard artist, okay. and like really like, you know, draw out the shots and all that stuff. And I will either have it posted on a board so that I can see it and I know like, you know, all right, we got that shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes, depending on if we're like running out of time, I'm like, oh, I may have to cut a shot. And then just like really figure out like, okay, like what shots do I really need? Or what can you combine? Yeah, or, you know, mm-hmm. just keep those shots. Or like maybe if I like do a move with it, like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I could kill two birds and one stone right. kind of thing. But the shot list and the storyboard is always mine. Okay, I was always curious about, in for commercials, but we Wise. do have to, um, we, we do like, we do a whole, it's, it's so much prep. I, I feel like it's a, like the same thing working with the studio. Like mm-hmm. I always liken it to like, okay, this is the studio, who is the client? Right. And um, the production company is, I, I'm working with the production company. But we have these big meetings. It's like a, a big, long, drawn out pre-pro meeting where we mm-hmm. talk about everything from the talent to the talent's hair to the talent's wardrobe to the set dressing, you know. Um, um, and I like I take them through as a director. I take them through the entire. That's what we do on. That's what we do on a TV show. Same so, thing. So yeah. like it's like I go through every single thing. Like what my vision is. Uh, you know, we discuss it. Like sometimes we alter it based on if mm-hmm. the client's like, ah, oh, you know, we're we're not really feeling that, mm-hmm. or that's not really. It's on a t- brand we call for it a tone us. meeting. So yeah. So yeah. So that so that's what we do, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's because even when I tell my friends, and my mom, I'm like I'm like everything that you see in this piece mm-hmm. is like I've had a discussion about it. Like right. I've like picked this out or selected that. Like mm-hmm. I don't like like to just have a production designer just go do their thing. I'm mm-hmm. like. I do my mood board, right. this is what I want, these are like the colors, this is the type of things, like you know, you can go find me like real things like this, mm-hmm. and then they come back with it, but like I'm, I love Stanley Kubrick as a director, and oh. like he was like a master of like everything in the frame, mm-hmm. and it's like, I don't think I'm obsessed, but I am obsessed in the way. I think it's great, I think <laughs> you know, it's great. It's, yeah. it's like I'm like picking up pillows, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm like, well Regina can't sit on this because she's gonna da da da, you know, <laughs> all this stuff, like this this couch doesn't feel comfortable, <clears throat> I want her to feel comfortable when she's sitting there so that she could deliver her lines well, even though she's Regina King. And um, <laughs> it's, yeah, so even like the little things, I like, I just, I try to like, you know, 
Not that I try, I do. I, I, I pick them out, um, I take the whole, I take the client through everything. And the biggest thing is the storyboard because the storyboards are like how their story's gonna be told. Mm-hmm. And so like that is like the longest drawn out thing, like explaining that to them. And I've, I don't, I've never had a, a client go, we don't like that shot. Mm. I mean, who are they to right. be like, we don't like this shot? <laughs> you know, it's like as long as I'm hitting the points and their script is like, you right. know, approved and all that stuff. Right. So, yeah. I have um, two of my favorite two commercials that are out. One has been out for a little while and one's been out for maybe the last year. It's one is that scoop. There it is. I just love that commercial. <laughs> And I'm I'm a snob. I'll fast forward through commercials, you know, whatever, and you know, just to get I to my point. Too. <laughs> but if I see that on, stop. And then that that other one with the the kids, um, like going to the barn, and the, they're they're like, well, why don't want to go that way? You go that way. And it's like, it's, that the, it's the one about the um. Oh, why What's am the I forgetting? Oh, why am I forgetting oh. what it is? Oh. That's horrible. Um, it's the one with like there's like five or six kids like a horror movie and like five or six kids are are like heading to a barn and they're running away from like a Jason type of character and 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 they all end up hiding behind all the stalls that are going like this and it turns out the Jason guy is standing behind them he's like like these kids are like so stupid <laughs> like they just keep making stupid choices that like whatever I don't it think is I know that one. that best commercial I fucking love it oh I gotta figure out what that is that's horrible I don't know what it is off the top of my head. that's all right sometimes you know things yeah. slip our mind oh and the last one that I love is the one. So I think it's a I think it's a, a Visa commercial. I can't remember which one. It's one of those Mastercards, or something. Mm-hmm. but it's the one where the, the 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 it's like the medieval and the the, the guy's dying on like the steps is like in yeah. the middle of the yeah, war. Yeah, I, I do know. You that know, one. and the those, guys yeah, the guys ironing. Yo, those are funny. I love that shit. This, yeah. Timing is everything. Timing. Is I, yeah, everything. I love comedy. So mm-hmm. it's like, and as a black woman, it's just everything is a black woman's heart. But um, <laughs> you know, like it, traditionally, like you know, white guys direct all these comedies. You know, and I've been slowly beating out white guys for for these jobs because mm-hmm. we have to do what's called the triple bid. It's like you know, three directors are put up for one job, and you gotta do the song and dance. You yep. gotta do a treatment. You gotta you know get on the phone, and then you know talk about your vision and all that stuff, and then you know send in the numbers, which the pr- production company does. But they always have their favorite, and that's their recommend. And then right. the client ends up picking like who you know who they want. Oh, okay. So uh, yeah, it's 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 definitely a process mm-hmm. to get there. But and outside of the commercials, um, you know, sadly I didn't get the Sony job, but I do have two other scripts. Yes. Yet, yes, didn't get this one. Yep. But you if know, they uh, like you, they'll bring you back. Yeah, you have, you you know as being that's the, what the producer said. You know, being a, being a director, you how many people you audition, you go the next thing I get, I'm gonna bring them back. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Yeah, Same I, thing. I feel I, I feel good. I had a moment of sadness this morning, but um, mm-hmm. I still feel good. I, I got a I have two scripts that I have to read that mm-hmm. was sent to me. They're um, one of them, I read the whole thing already, but I have some notes for mm-hmm. for the writer. I may like you know write with her, mm-hmm. but she's um, doing an outline right now based on a lot of my notes. Um, it is it's it's about Bessie Stringfield, and mm. uh, I coincidentally I wrote about her, just like made a post about her on my Instagram about two years ago mm-hmm. because you know she's the first black woman to like, you know, ride a motorcycle like back and forth across the country so many yeah. times and her mother's actually Jamaican, so she's of Jamaican descent. Ah. And so it's 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 a very important story to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're working on that. And then I just got this other, actually I have three scripts. So just, just gotta read the other two yeah. um, this week and <clears throat> uh, just keep on doing. And I'm looking to finish my short film that I shot in Jamaica earlier oh, this right. year. 
And what was that one about again? I forgot. It's a horror film. Just oh, about, right. yeah. um, it's in Treasure Beach, and it's mm-hmm. about this woman that's lonely, that's a writer, and she goes out seeking the wrong attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> scoundrel, scoundrel. <laughs> so, yeah, it should be. And I'm, I'm starring in it, which is a... Uh, it's interesting. <laughs> well, it, it was it was easier to do, right? It, it was easier to do. It's right. like, I was telling you, so I was like, I want to be in Jamaica for my birthday. Mm-hmm. And it was last minute. It was still COVID. And I rented this like beautiful like villa on the water. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there. I woke up. I was like, man, this is beautiful. And this is, I'm spending too much money to just have Instagram pictures. <laughs> okay, I'm like, right. I, I need like something else. <laughs> so I called up my homie, mm-hmm. Denny who lives in Kingston, I was like, let's do a film. Hmm. I was supposed to write something, but then I was like, uh, I, I just, I just wanna, I just, I'm just gonna keep it in my head because okay. I really didn't have time at the time also, and I didn't have any actors with me. <laughs> so I was like, I have my friends. I and have, you had to keep it contained and small. Exactly. And, yeah. I was like, you know what, <clears throat> I know the story, so I'm just gonna be the woman that's starring in it. Okay. And it's not a lot of dialogue, it's a lot more action. Good. But there's some fun and there's some um, some some voiceover in it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I think it's a decent film, a pretty decent film actually, mm-hmm. for something that was done, shot in what was it, six or eight hours. Oh, you did it in one day? Yeah. Oh, I thought like he came and while you were there for like a week or two, you guys were. Oh no 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 oh, no! Oh okay, well. No no no! Hmm. Like I thought about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, all right, this is what I want to do. This 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 that. Mm-hmm. I knew that my friends were only going to be good for like one scene, maybe two <laughs> scenes, you know, because they wanted to go live their life, have right. fun. Um, and the scenes that we did shoot, they were definitely drinking. So, <laughs> 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 so yeah, it's a. Uh, I'll send it to you. All right. I got my right, whenever cut. you're ready. I just got my yeah, Send me whatever you have that I want to I want to see whatever I'll send you, you all the things. Yes. All them things, girl. <laughs> I see you. Um, all right. Awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, this is a hella cool, you know, hanging with you today. This was dope. Thank you. Um, Eat my chips. <laughs> um, hold on one second. I'm looking for something. Uh, oh, do me a favor. Tell everybody where could they find you on oh, yeah. Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Where you at? My handle, so <laughs> it needs to be easier, but... So, Candace Vernon, you can find me at thecandacevernonshow.com. And my Instagram is csvernon, but it's C, let me spell it, S E E underscore E S underscore Vernon. Girl, you're doing extra. I know. If you just if you just go to Candace Vernon, C A N D I C E, my last name, it'll pop up, you know, verified. So <laughs> She's doing way too much, ain't she? I know. Uh, I have <clears> to write <throat> them to change it. I'm like, I think I just want to change this to Candace V, but every time. I go, it's like I can't change my handle myself. This is this is yes. weird. So I know it's I like keep people like to email them. People are always like, why you don't have the blue check? And I'm like, because every time I've tried, it's been complicated for me. I'm like, wait a minute, just wait till we sell this show, and then they'll do it. The PR people do it. What? So I've just been like, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway, mm-hmm. hmm. don't worry. But yeah, me. Candace Vernon. You know, not Candace with an A, Candace with an I. Hmm. <laughs> See what y'all talking about? See what y'all talking about? <laughs> And I am your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. Uh, screenwriters are, are also for the show. Um, please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, whatever you guys listen to. Please give us a five-star review. Um, follow the show. Share it. All that shit. We appreciate it. Um, please go on our screenwritersrr.com <clears throat> website and uh, follow our Patreon page. Please donate there. We appreciate that. All you guys out there who are you know, donating all over the world. We appreciate it. Um, let me see. So much stuff going oh on, God, girl. I just remembered. Go how ahead. can I forget? 
So. A little closer. Uh, you and T. Boone. That was who was my writing teacher. Oh. And Unetta. Okay, yeah. So that was another person that, you know, I went to her fu- her, um, her memorial and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, she was she was dope. She was so dope because she was from, like, D.C. Mm-hmm. And so when I met her, the funny thing is I was taking the class. And, like, the first day we were talking about, like, you know, something that no one can tell about you just by looking at you. Yeah. I was like, I don't have a driver's license. I, yeah, I moved to L.A. with no driver's license. Really? I just started driving, like, That's a hilarious. year and a half ago. <laughs> I got an old beat-up car out there that my daddy sent me. Mm-hmm. He's like, you got to learn how to drive with this car before you go get yourself a fancy car. I was like, okay, daddy. But So I didn't have a car. And I didn't have a license, mm. and so everyone was like looking at me kind of weird. And Yunetta was like, where you live at, honey? Like after class, she was like, yeah. I'll take you home. And so every day after class, Yunetta took me home. Really? Because I live in Santa Monica. Again. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, like <laughs> yeah. me and Yunetta would have lunch, we'd talk on the phone, and she would take me home after every class. Wow. And we would just sit there and talk, and she, when she was a showrunner at the Raven Show, like I was mm-hmm. supposed to direct on that, but mm. I, I came, um, we had a bunch of talks. I was like in line and then she passed away. Mm. And you know, the whole team changed and yep. and so I never got my TV directing opportunity yet. It's coming, it's coming. All I know is coming. You hang around the right, it's gonna be on your show, maybe. Maybe that's hey. maybe that's gonna be, hey, that's gonna be the key. But yeah, um, rest <laughs> in peace, Yunetta. Indeed, she indeed. was wonderful. She was dope, she was dope. Um, Anyway, so again, um, please follow us out there. We appreciate all that stuff. Say hi to Chris Derrick and all them and Lisa Bolakaja, you know, who will be back hopefully soon. Um, she just doesn't like being in, around us like during the Rona and stuff. So hopefully we'll get her back next year, you know, when they open the shit up. Um, <clears throat> anyway, do me a favor. Um, join in with me for Wakanda Forever on this show. We keep it real. We keep it opinionated, opinionated, and we give it what? Wakanda forever. forever. Yeah. Peace, y'all. I'ma say what I feel, and I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Red Room. Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd Has got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening Your pen and words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Red Room.